0: Welcome to the Twice Over Movies Podcast. If you're new here, check out our website at thetwiceover.com to get a better understanding of how we do our movie reviews. Our goal is to provide insight on elements of a movie which you consider more or less important so that our scores are never misleading. Remember to follow us at thetwiceover on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and support us on Patreon. Hey! Step around.
1: Oh, okay, Jump in. I barely saw you there underneath that crazy hat of yours. This door's a little tricky. There you go. Up in.
0: <laughs> That's rainy. Oh, hi, rainy. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm Jan. Hi. I'm Alex. Alex
1: in the hat. Huh? <laughs> yeah, no yeah. yeah. Welcome everyone to the Twice Over Movies podcast. I'm your host, Faraz.
0: And I'm your host, Fahad.
1: Okay, today we're discussing Into the Wild, a 2007 film directed by Sean Penn, one of my favorite films. I selected this movie to get this podcast off the ground. Fahad is also a movie that we've both seen before, so when we watched it for this episode, it was Mm -hmm. at least our second viewing.
0: That's correct. I think we both watched it in our college days. We were both about 22 and now in our thirties, this movie is a little bit different, right?
1: I think I watched it. Oh yeah, I would have been a freshman in college when I first watched it. Okay. But when I first met you, yeah, I had already seen it, which was like my sophomore year. Oh okay, gotcha, gotcha. Well, so you had already seen it too. We're yeah. the same year. All right, so Fad, let's get right right to the scores. I really am interested to see how you scored this movie, even though I know you generally like it, and I know you know that I like it a lot too. Right. But this is the first time where I guess uh quantifying how much we like it yeah the first time we're critically looking at the filmmaking right yeah true all right so i want to start with the direction and the plot the okay. story etc
0: so i gave it a score of 70 um which all is right. low average i thought the film suffered from the non-linear storytelling um it really gets in the way of telling his story from like in a in a pretty easy to see way i didn't see how the non-linear storytelling added much value um i thought organizing the movie into chapters was a little bit questionable what were those some of those chapters it was like family adolescence manhood something like that right yeah exactly yeah like i was saying the clarity kind of suffered because of the non-linear storytelling um i do want to give sean penn some props for using eddie vetter to do the music for the movie i thought that was a definite plus all the other categories for directing. it was about average what'd you think for us
1: okay so i give it a slightly higher score than you i give it an 80. i agree this is a pretty simple plot so okay fine i mean i get what your criticism is but it's a simple plot to make it a little more interesting for an audience i feel like if you didn't have that uh the sequences of of him already in alaska and then going back cutting back to him on his way to alaska if it was just you know watching him straight from getting Or leaving college, going towards Alaska, and getting to Alaska, and then his days in Alaska, I think it would have been much slower of a movie and much more difficult to keep an audience engaged. So I actually I like the part that, or I like that he that Sean Penn decided to. Okay.
0: So you like the organization into chapters of like the themes, right?
1: Yeah, and I mean, my general thing is I gave it an eighty. It's a simple plot. I mean, it's also based off a true story, so. Maybe he's trying to keep some like element of realism in it. Uh-huh. It is engaging. I felt connected. I didn't fi- find it boring. Um, there's not much happening again, but like mm-hmm. – the actor, like the acting in general plays a role in that. Oh, sort of course. Of writing
0: and and so uh, speaking of engaging, right? Do you attribute that to the direction, or do you attribute that to the subject matter? Because I thought it was engaging because of the subject matter, not necessarily uh, the direction. I-
1: No, I mean, so there's two things. This is what I'm saying. I think the acting plays a role in it. Uh And I don't think the subject matter is all that interesting. If you think about it, it's very simple. Here's a dude that just wants to get to Alaska to make the process, I guess, engaging or even exciting. It's hard to do that if you went like a pure linear method. Okay. So, I mean, I still, I'm not giving like a 90 or a 100 or something. Yeah, Yeah. But I did think it was above average. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was good. That's fair. What'd you think of the writing? Okay, so for the writing, I gave this a 90. I really loved the writing in this movie. I thought it was very profound. And now I think I told you this yesterday <laughs> um when I texted you. It yeah. it was kind of cheesy now as an older adult watching it, but it was still profound. Like there was still something to take away from like every conversation. The narrations were great. So I did give it a 90 because it it this is the stuff that really keep me engaged. The acting, the writing, all that stuff really kept me engaged. And this is why I gave the direction a slightly higher score than you too. Is I think the director's job is to make it cohesive and make it work together in a way where the audience can connect. What did you give it?
0: So the, the writing, I gave it a score of 75. I really wanted to give it a higher score. I feel like in moments the writing was like a 90 and in other moments it was like a 65, 70. Um,
1: Can so, you define those moments? Would you say the conversations were around average for you?
0: Right. The conversations I felt somewhat were forced. Um, it was too much of Chris's inner thoughts making its way into a dialogue. And it felt kind of forced there. I had, also had a problem with some of the voiceovers. So the voiceovers told from Christopher's perspective uh, with his quotes, with his ideals. I thought they were a little bit out of place. There wasn't much context to what was going on in the background of the film. They were just kind of like thrown in there. like Mm, Thrown in there, maybe not the right word, but they weren't done justice, I thought. Um, The voiceovers by his sister, her perspective, I did like because that told the story of the family he left home and um, of their troubles getting over chris chris's departure
1: well i definitely agree with you there uh the kareem's narrations are they're so significant to the movie they provide so much and add so much to the movie because it really pr- gives you depth into chris's character really and then you get to understand why he has i guess the ideals he has mm-hmm. or um i guess the perspective of those ideals that he has
0: yeah definitely
1: so I, I thought her her narration's really really helped the movie progress and you couldn't
0: tell that from the narrations of the sister that you know he was loved
1: in his family all right so next one let's talk about the acting then i'll go first i give the acting an 80 uh so the character or the actor that plays chris emil hirsch he does a fantastic job and since he's on the screen for like i, I don't know like 99 percent of the movie it's a good watch it's believable and his character has like a lot of charisma when it comes to interaction with other people. So just the way he and the other actors played off of him, I thought was pretty good. So I thought it was definitely above average. So I gave it an 80. What about you?
0: I gave it an 85. I agreed with all the points he made. Emile Hirsch can, comes across as very charming. Um, his interactions with um, a lot of the other characters, like Vince Ponce's character, he was the, um, the farmer for the cropping project he was on. Um, their interactions were great jenna malone's acting as a sister that was great um i thought the most standout performance besides emile hirsch's performance was katherine keener her portrayal of jen the um the what would you call her again the rubber tramp i think (laughs) she she nailed all of her bits of heavy dialogue all of her emotions were on point
1: yeah she did a great job for sure i mean that's what i'm saying it's mainly emile hirsch because he's on screen and then Mm -hmm. everyone is like playing off of him right and since he uh, he he's successful in doing what he's doing. It just helps everyone else too. Like it never felt uh, like to me, the the conversations, I mean, you said the writing felt a little forced to you at times. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it, it just came off really authentic and clean because the way Emile Hirsch played Chris made it seem so believable that mm-hmm. it felt like you were watching someone with real genuine thoughts and he was sincere in his display of it. So it came off as clean to me.
0: None of it felt pretentious, especially as he, uh, like, espoused some of those head, heady quotes, right? It could have come across as pretentious. but and, Yeah, um, well, and but even, like,
1: when, yeah. uh, when he's kind of, I guess, getting a, a critical feedback on what he's doing, on just going to Alaska or not talking to his parents or whatever, he oh, right. plays it off really well. Like, he's not becoming defensive, and at the same time, he's not becoming aggressive to say like no i know what i'm doing oh in terms
0: of defensiveness yeah yeah he did yeah because i
1: mean at times i think we'll we'll talk about this later in the discussion part because i don't want to give away any spoilers well let's just go on to the next category now i want to talk about um let's talk about the cinematography now i gave this a 95 i mean this is just a beautiful movie i'm pretty sure a lot of this was shot on site it's almost like watching a BBC documentary on nature or something. And it's easy to get lost in the natural beauty. There's a ton of shots, like the golden hour shots at sunset or sunrise. Mm-hmm. And even when you have shots that are not, I guess, so much quote unquote natural, like they're in the city or urban areas, even those are very well done, they're placed very well. And it, the contrast between the two is comes off very clean. So... And, and I mean, it comes off in the sense that it gets the it helps push the themes of the movie as well. So okay. I thought it was really well done, so I gave it a 95.
0: This is going to be the biggest departure from your score. I gave it a score of 75. I thought it was just average. Um, I get what you're saying. The nature shots were great and everything. Um, and it helped to tell the backdrop of the story and whatnot. That was fine. Um, but I didn't find anything remarkable about it enough to give it a score higher than 75 um, I noticed there was a lot of handheld photography, which worked fine for this movie. A lot of grainy film was used. A couple of odd angles were used um, for the intros as the scene started. Um, some quirky choices also. Do you remember the uh, the scenes where they introduced the couple that was living on the Colorado River? Their faces yep. were all zoomed up. Was kind yep, of, yep, yep, a- <laughs> yep. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's some shots for sure that I'm like... Uh, even. like when he's on the Colorado river Uh when he first gets into the river and there's like the rapids and it's just like like a slow motion, like GoPro hero shot or something. And like, that was kind of lame, but.
0: Oh, you thought it was lame. I thought it was pretty exciting.
1: uh, I mean, it's, it it kind of, that's the kind of, when I say like, uh consistent under like the category uh uh-huh. like, i that didn't feel consistent with the rest of the movie oh, okay like it just felt like a departure from that oh okay. i mean i still liked it a lot 90 i mean yeah. this is a good looking movie watching this like on a 4k tv it's it's just pleasant to see it's good for the eyes
0: all right all right
1: but i'm surprised to give it that low i mean it's not a bad score but like i would have thought it'd at least be around the 80s i don't know
0: um you know it didn't. To me, it didn't look that pretty. It, I noticed a lot of graininess. Um, I thought that worked fine. I'm not going to criticize it for that. Um, it just worked.
1: All right, let's go to the next category. This is also a very high score for me. Themes and motifs. I gave it a 95. This is a coming of age film in a sense, right? Right. And I'm a sucker for those. I don't know if we've done a movie like that. Oh, we have for the podcast. I think we yet. have. Yeah,
0: yeah. We both give. These types of stories, high scores for that. Yeah.
1: I mean, the themes that come across with these kind of movies, they, they just resonate with me for whatever reason, even though I'm not like of that coming of age like demographic anymore. Mm-hmm. But the ideas of adventure and uh, for Chris particular, morality, greed, hypocrisy, innocence, and then just nature and all of these elements are present within the film. They're all I mean, I wouldn't say they're really subtle. They're actually pretty uh, in your face about it. They're well defined, but they're very important to the film. And I think the takeaway is pretty strong because of these themes. Like it's something Mm -hmm. you can actually discuss and talk about or think about after you finish watching it. So, 95 for me.
0: All right. I gave it a score of 85 for those exact same reasons. Um, Great themes. There's a coming of age story. So, you know, I, I wish I could identify more with it. But, you know, when I first watched it, yeah. Definitely Uh coming of age story for those reasons. I would have given it a score of like 100, 110 if possible.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, like back then I would probably give it 100 straight up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm also like, giving these scores in a, in a way if I was watching it for the first time. It also depends on when you're watching. If your first time is watching it as like a 40-year-old man, it's not going to be the same as it would be at a, as a 16-year-old. I was gonna say, like, we're not too far off. I guess our writing scores are a little off in our theme or sorry, our uh cinematography. cinematography. Yeah, yeah. the biggest departure. Those two are a little mine are definitely higher than yours. My tally's eighty-eight for this, your tally is seventy-nine. I mean, we both clearly like this movie. Yeah. I like it a little more than you.
0: Let's get into discussion.
1: Yeah, so this is a spoiler alert audience, if you haven't watched this movie go ahead and watch it first before continuing on unless you don't care but i think you should care because this is uh maybe not i don't know i feel like the themes and motifs are the things that we're going to discuss heavily so it's i mean we're going to give away spoilers still anyway spoiler alert everything from now is out in the open spoiler
0: spoiler chris dies all right i feel like the audience would have would already know this even if they haven't heard about the story or anything.
1: Well, Fahad, you know the first time I watched this movie? Okay. So yeah, I was a freshman in high school. I, I didn't know that this was a real story, dude. Because the movie doesn't start by saying, based on a true story.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So
1: like at the end, when they show like the dude's real picture, I was like, what? <laughs> and I Googled it. I looked it up and I started reading. I'm like, oh my God, this was a real person. And now it's his real face. This dude really died out here. I am like, oh my God. So it hit you
0: that much harder. Realizing. It
1: only made it that much harder. I'm like, wow. cause I already was enjoying it like a lot. Mm-hmm. And then when I found out it's real, I mean, I'm not even sure. Like, I didn't like go too in depth. So I don't know like what is fabricated for the movie. I assume a lot of his interactions to Alaska is what's fabricated for the movie.
0: So did you right? read the book afterwards? No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't. Okay. So I read the book, but I don't remember much of it. So I wouldn't be able to compare it. Um, I assume the, book got it right more times than the movie did um
1: yeah you would think because the books were based off his actual memoir right the books were like, based on um john krakauer's journal.
0: um journalistic whatever uh attempts at telling a story uh so john krakauer he initially wrote an article in an outside magazine and then oh, so that, outside, great-
1: that article in the magazine uh-huh. came from like chris's actual notebook right his journal
0: I don't know Didn't what exactly like, wasn't the. Um, I thought it was just more narrating what happened to this kid. Um,
1: yeah, but like, where did he get his information from? I think it was from okay. actual journals. Okay,
0: gotcha. Following, I the feel like, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. makes sense. Because I mean,
1: clearly Chris kept a decent record and documentation of what he was doing, mm-hmm. which makes sense considering what he was doing. All right, so is there anything you want to talk about in particular?
0: Uh, yeah, why don't you get it started?
1: Sure. So I'll start with this. We're introduced to Chris. Um, I'm going to talk about it in a linear structure from the actual starting point of Chris's life rather than how the movie goes about presenting it throughout the movie. So Chris is graduating from college, right? Mm-hmm. And we see that he ha- seems to have a really strong, good relationship with his sister, but he has kind of a tattered relationship with his parents i mean it's like on the surface level like there but he seems to have like real contempt for his parents like he's
0: and that emerges later
1: yeah he's holding up a lot of anger Mm -hmm. right so this anger that he's bottling up in himself is this anger what is pushing him to do what he's doing and is it like clouding his judgment or his views or his ideals, like of the world mm-hmm. because of his parents? Like, what did you think?
0: I thought it. What he wasn't just driven by his anger. Um, his uh, his sister's monologue kind of hinted at that. That, um, what she previously thought was him just running away from his family and his and the truth of the truth that you know his uh, his parents' marriage was like kind of a fraud. His anger stemming from that, she realized at some point after his departure that that couldn't possibly be all that's driving Chris. She mentioned Chris was, um, you know, always a, as a kid, he got into some neighbor's house. So he was always like headstrong, wanted to get, want to do whatever he wanted to do. Um, so I thought he was living out his ideals um, in terms of, uh, he, I, I know in the, in the movie they mentioned Thoreau. Him quoting Thoreau, so Thoreau's whole thing was about self-reliance and measuring yourself up, and so I thought that was a major driver for him, um, getting out there in the wild, living life, being in, being in the wild, you know.
1: Okay, yeah, I remember that um, that narration by Kareen where she says, "Like, she felt like something else was pushing him, and not just his uh, anger towards his parents, mm-hmm. but the reason I." I really ask this is because we have all these encounters that um chris comes across you have rainy and jan mm-hmm. the rubber tramps that are basically in an rv on living on the off the road and then you have in my opinion one of the more significant ones ron franz an older uh older guy who had lost his family earlier in his life, okay, okay, lives yeah, by yeah. himself. All right. And you have these people that kind of obviously embark their wisdom upon Chris. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned this when we were giving our scores that he seems to like kind of take it in stride, but he doesn't seem to internalize it or apply it uh, to his situation. Or to himself.
0: So Ron's whole thing was forgiveness, right? And we saw that towards the end of his life.
1: Ron's whole thing was forgiveness, and you can say Jan. Jan's whole thing was, um I mean, especially when she brings up uh, her own son mm-hmm. that she hasn't heard for in like years, and it's like, hey, do your parents know where you are? Her son's name was Reno, and like uh, Chris, he he doesn't he doesn't like apply to himself. He he thinks like it's not. It's not gonna be something that applies to him. Therefore, he just lets it go. And I'm th- saying, is it his anger at that point with his parents that he's he's just not gonna let these things?
0: So you think the anger blindsided him? The anger blindsided him to the
1: wisdom of these people.
0: I can see that. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you felt like that too, or no? If if that is blind, blinding him, isn't that? at the ultimately pushing him. <laughs> I think he had it in his head to go to Alaska. He was headstrong about getting out there.
0: So I think with these little bits of wisdom, he um, took a stride. He didn't really change his um, his goal.
1: Going to Alaska is the goal. That's cool. But like the idea is why not tell your parents about it? Or why not write to your sister? Or I don't know, like... Why totally separate yourself? Yeah, and that's that's the thing, right? I mean, you can still get to Alaska. I don't think his parents would have been able to stop him, even if he, if they wanted to. I don't know. It's just something that I was thinking about after the movie. Mm-hmm. It was like he, yeah, it bothered me why he didn't communicate with his sister. Yeah, that bothered me too, because he's got to know it's painful for her. Yeah, and she even says it right in a couple of narrations. where like once it like got towards Christmas time, um, like it went from her understanding why Chris was absent Mm -hmm. to just being sad about it or like coming to understand why is he not at least trying to reach out only to me so through friends or something right um
0: i don't know if i i this hasn't come up before but i thought a lot of what chris did was selfish selfish in the face of his parents um you know obvious loss um selfish in the face of um the the couple that the rubber tramps who brought him into his family uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know even ron in his emotional scene he's like let me adopt you and chris is like, yeah. let me get back to you when i get back from alaska yeah
1: okay so i mean i think we kind of agree on that like so when we're watching this movie we're supposed to understand that he is i guess the hero but he's also not i mean he's an imperfect hero Right. Sure. Like we're rooting for him and we understand why he's and why he's doing it. But we, at the same time, he's pretty, he's got like pretty big flaws here.
0: Mm-hmm. He's making compromises. He's, uh.
1: Yeah. And th- they don't necessarily line up with his ideals. Right. Um, okay. So who? what was your favorite encounter or, Ooh, um. Okay. With the, with the. Person? Yeah, I guess encounter. Cause I mean, some are like super brief and some are pretty, uh. Some are brief and some are extensive.
0: I mean, I liked all. I liked all of them. Like Vince Vaughn's uh, encounter; he was a farmer. Um, thought that was funny. Uh, Ron's was sad, so I not I can't say I
1: liked his. Um, it's sad, but it's profound. Yeah, but I don't. Uh, don't no, because I feel like Chris's main problem is with his father, right? I think more than anything, it's his father that bothers him. Okay, like the whole secrecy, having a. Having a mistress, having another child or whatever with another uh, woman. Mm-hmm. Like I think his his problems like stem with his dad. So, so it, like having a a good quote unquote father figure come across.
0: So you think Ron I don't think Ron was that because he was much older.
1: He's much older, yes. But he was a father who lost his wife and kid, right? Mm-hmm. So like he definitely Ron is seeing Chris as almost like a I mean he calls him he says you could be my grandson, mm-hmm. but essentially we're talking about like a relationship, like a father son type, yeah. right?
0: Um, I thought that was mostly one way with Ron. Um,
1: it is one way. That's because Chris is selfish.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I think Chris was also keeping him a little bit at bay just because they were so different. at different, completely different ends of their lives. Right. Um, But Chris's relationship with the rubber tramp, the, the, the guy over there, what's his face? What's his name? Jan or Rainy? Yeah, Ray. That's a man. Yeah, Rainy. Okay, that's guy. Yeah, uh, he was cool with him. He was chill. Even though he he was like uh, his father's age, he didn't, Kristen, hold any resentment towards him. That's partly due to Rainy's hippie lifestyle.
1: I would assume they were your favorite encounter.
0: Who? The couple?
1: Yeah, Rainy and Jan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. They're, they were definitely the best um i so i didn't even remember the tracy played by kristen stewart oh okay. encounter the first time i watched it like when i when she came oh. up i was like oh what i don't remember this part yeah so that was the most forgetful one for me okay. <laughs> um i like the ron one because again i thought like they had like really good conversations like yeah. especially when they're on top of the hill when ron actually cl- um
0: when he talks about forgiveness,
1: yeah, the forgiveness stuff, and <laughs> it's, it's, um, I don't know. I, I thought that was a very good, yeah, it's a very good encounter. Right. It's not as entertaining mm-hmm. as the Jane and Rainy one. The only thing I don't like about the Jane and Rainy one, I don't like how Chris is like their savior for like their relationship because it's kind of rocky, right? The first time they meet, mm-hmm. and um, Chris <laughs> with his charisma just. Gets them to love one another one once again. That that's the kind of stuff that I found a little cheesy on this time.
0: I thought their relationship was just like you know it had its natural ups and downs just because of the position Catherine Keener's character was in. Jane, uh, what's her face? Jan. Jan. Yeah. I thought their their relationship was all over the place just because Jan um was a little aloof because of her loss with her son, and Chris just kind of you know helped. Uh, Bring some new energy, and for a moment she forgot about you know her own son. Um, so I think that helped temporarily. I don't think it helped any long-term issues in that relationship. I mean, when we see them later, they seem obviously a little bit happier. Can't tell if that's Chris's effect.
1: Yeah. So okay, one more question for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess not really a question, but I guess we can discuss it. Do you think Chris reconciles? before his death like in his head at least with his parents and who he is
0: yeah i definitely think he does um there's that whole bit about him calling something by its own name i think i'm getting that quote right
1: yeah yeah yeah. so like the message he writes like the last thing he writes before he just lays down um because he knows about he's about to pass away he yeah he signs it with his actual name right and then like a quote is like you know by its right name. Mm-hmm. Okay. So instead of it, instead of Alexander Supertramp, it's Chris. Um, Chris whatever McCandless. his last name. Right, Yeah, McCandless. And then there's something
0: else he scribbles in his book. He writes, "Happiness is realized when shared." I believe, and so that yep. alludes to all the people he's met on the road as well as his parents. Happiness can be realized, yeah, through their company.
1: Yeah, because he clearly okay. So he obviously. In, he got to Alaska towards the end of winter, beginning of spring. Mm-hmm. And I guess he was going to spend through fall, right? And before the winter came, he was supposed to go back. But when he was trying to leave, I mean, too much snow had melted, I guess. So the river current was just too strong for him to leave. Right. And like the journal entry, he, entries he has before that and what he's, I mean, he's quoting a lot of authors throughout this narration, <laughs> especially when he's in Alaska, because he has no one to talk to mm-hmm. The narrations allude a lot to how he's pretty content, right? He's got books. He's uh, he's got nature. He's living in the wild, and he's really happy. And then I think when we see him write down, happiness is best like when when it's shared. Or what exactly is it? The quote? I think I wrote it down. Oh, happiness is only real when it's when shared. I think he realizes those good times that he had, like no one even knows that he had him. So like, is it real? Because mm-hmm. when I, that's what I thought when he wrote, "Happiness is real when shared." Mm-hmm. That he he's almost having like a because he even writes lonely before that, right? Yeah, I was just
0: gonna point that out. Is it a result of his lonely loneliness towards the last weeks where things are getting a little bit dire? Or was it a result of almost like a, a realization being out in the wild that that's not truly what he wants? So is it out of... I thought or- the
1: second, I thought the latter, I thought it was a realization that he mm-hmm. he's come to realize now, like, I mean, I was enjoying it at the time, but how real was it if I couldn't share it with anybody? Mm-hmm. That, that's probably like the main thing that stuck with me, especially as a kid when I watched it. And even now, I mean, like, that's the part that, like, I think about. I like, yeah, that's like, is that just the point right there of the entire movie?
0: Hmm. Interesting question. Yeah.
1: Well, do you think so?
0: <laughs> what do you think?
1: I, I do. I think that is the entire point because we just talked about how Chris was a little selfish. Um, he comes across all these people. All of these people help him mm-hmm. get to his goal. All of these people at the same time help, like, again, share their wisdom with him and try to help him just beyond the actual goal of reaching Alaska, but help him grow and mature as an adult. Mm -hmm. And through that, like I said, he was selfish. Through all of that, maybe at the end, when he's basically on his last days, he's realizing he's real, he's realizing the lesson of all that wisdom. Okay. And that lesson is. Like true happiness is real when it's shared. Okay. Gotcha. That's how I took yeah. it. I could be totally wrong, but that taking it that way makes me like this movie more.
0: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I saw it a little bit as a um I don't know, as a compromise to his ideals of self-reliance, do it alone, live in Alaska alone,
1: kind of thing. It
0: was kind of Well yeah, like that's
1: that's how he starts. Right. I mean that's how he he is.
0: Before his transformation, right. So it's a little bit of maturity towards the end, right? Um, and so, yeah, I think if he had lived, a lot of he would have had a lot of more mature moments like that, where he would have realized something. And then, you know, I think eventually he would have made amends with his parents, gone back, gone to law school, done. The- yep.
1: I mean, maybe not not go to law school, but I mean, first step would be amend, make amends with his parents, his parents and I guess be real with them. The whole thing is how hypocritical quote unquote his parents are with how they present themselves and then who they really are. Mm-hmm. And I mean it's a it's a problem that every single one of us come across every single day whether I mean hopefully it's not your parents but like someone you know, mm-hmm. even someone you care about it is like people like that exist and it's um that's why it's like a relatable thing. Mm-hmm. So even though I said I'm not really of that coming of age Age. Mm-hmm. It's still something you can relate to.
0: Yeah, true. I wanted to get into what I loved more, the subject matter, which is Chris's story, or the film. And obviously I love Chris's story, so I'm gonna say the story. Um and I have some real criticisms now that I've watched on the second viewing of this film or third viewing, just the viewing at this point in my life. Um, The film had some obvious flaws, and I'm going to chalk that up to how it's tough in a film to portray the inner thoughts and emotions of a character well. Um, This movie tried to do it with voiceovers, which mostly did not go over well. Um, And so I thought in terms of telling the story, that was better done through the book. Okay.
1: Okay. So you like the subject matter more than the movie itself. Mm-hmm.
0: I know you haven't read the book, so
1: yeah. So I can't like compare yeah. it to a book. But how about
0: just like reading the Wikipedia of his story and whatnot?
1: I think at the end of the day, the movie is entertaining. Okay, and it's enjoyable to watch, and it still conveys the message and the feeling that right, exactly, and the feeling that is trying to like connect with the audience. So I would say. I like the film, and I also like the subject matter. I mean, the idea of, you know, disconnecting from the hustle, the the greed—I don't know, whatever you want to call it—corporate life, um, and then just go out and live off nature in Alaska. The adventure of that, yeah. Um, the purity of that, in a sense, like it's—it sounds very appealing especially as a younger person, maybe not so much now as it did back then, but it still is something. It's
0: still appealing in like certain. Yeah,
1: it's, it's still it definitely appealing. Time, it's still something right?
0: like. If you want to go on vacation, I, I'd really like to just, you know, backpack for a couple of weeks, go across. Go
1: yeah, something that I would, I wish I could just do. Yeah. But like, I don't have the, I guess, the circumstance or the courage to do it. Because honestly, to doing that definitely takes courage.
0: It does, yeah. I definitely wouldn't Chris's way. I don't think many people.
1: Would. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't give up twenty four grand and then burn my money.
0: Right. And I I think that's why Chris's story is unique. He had so many things going for him. He's
1: Well, that's another thing. I, this this comes back to his uh anger with his parents and clouding his judgment almost. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you you have all this money, but like you also need it. But he also says it to when he's writing to Wayne, mm-hmm. he's like this is the tramp life is too easy with money, uh, with all the money that you gave mm-hmm. me. So, so he almost wants like the, the struggle or the challenge yeah. that comes with like, yeah,
0: he wants like that bra experience of like, you know, being able to hustle yeah. and um, like figure things out, um, hitchhike and just, you know,
1: he actually has a pretty good quote. Uh-huh. I like this quote a lot. Like, I don't need money. It makes people cautious.
0: Oh, yeah. I like that a lot, too. It's very true.
1: And it's true. It's a a, a real quote.
0: But people do love security. I mean, that's like a human um, flaw, I guess. Security.
1: Yeah, I mean, security to a point that it can become irrational almost. Sure.
0: Oh, uh, what did you find most cheesy in this movie?
1: (laughs) Most cheesy? Okay, so honestly, it was... I mean, I wrote this down, but I didn't like... I didn't like table this under cheesiness, but I wrote it down as something I didn't really, or particularly thought it was, like I don't know. I, I didn't like how it was done. Mm-hmm. So when he, when Chris comes back to the U.S. because he accidentally gets all the way into Mexico mm-hmm. through the Colorado River. Oh, he's
0: telling his story to the border agent. No,
1: no. no. So he's past the border. He's back in L.A. now. Oh, okay. And that one night in L.A. when he's, uh, he's going to a homeless shelter. He needs a bed for the night. All right but he decides to like go out for a walk and they have like those like shots of, I don't know, homeless people out in the street. Uh Um, I guess illicit activities happening. And he's just like, he's kind of alienated. And then they have like the, the way that they're presenting the shots with like the, the music I didn't like. I thought that was cheesy, random stills to like Uh show him kind of out of his element, I guess. Uh Right. And I didn't like how they did that and i'm a i'm a person who loves urban areas and like cities like when i go on vacations and stuff uh-huh. i love just going to like the city center uh-huh. and just chilling there like at a cafe and like people watching or something it's something i enjoy and plus completely and this
0: from that right from the city
1: yeah and and is and is presenting it and like he's is presenting um uh, urban life or city life urban society as a uh As almost like a like a plague or a disease on this earth, and I mean, nature is beautiful and obviously it's amazing, but it's also the point of view from Chris, and maybe that's just how it's just showing us more and more how Chris Mm. does not fit in Mm. in this type of life. Yeah, I just thought it was a little cheesy the way they did it with the still shots and the music. And
0: what was it specifically?
1: I mean, it's a sequence of shots. So it's uh okay. So remember when he. Asked for a bed at the homeless shelter, mm-hmm. and then he and then he leaves the homeless yeah, shelter. He puts
0: his uh, belongings in a locker, and then he's out in the yep. streets. And there's yep. a homeless crowd hanging around in a dimly lit
1: street. Yep. You don't remember how like it randomly would have like a still.
0: But you also mentioned voiceovers, which you found cheesy and completely agreed. I thought they could have got his inner thoughts out in a way that wasn't a voiceover. And that would have been better for the movie.
1: I mean, most of his own voiceovers, they were, I thought, most of his voiceovers were mainly quotes, like, of his own reading material. Yeah.
0: And you're supposed to try to understand the character, right, through those quotes. Like, what is mm-hmm. it exactly that he's pursuing? I thought that could have been done either through dialogue or, I don't know. I'm not a director, so I wouldn't be able to tell you how, but through a voiceover is really was really tacky. Uh, do you remember that scene where he looks at some like into a bar and he sees himself talking to someone.
1: Yeah. It's in LA too, right? I think that's like just during the day before the homeless shelter, he's just out in like downtown area and he looks into, it's like a happy hour or something happening. It's like people's age. And yeah. Yeah. Like his face gets superimposed on some like douchebag networking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a little cheesy too. We know who Chris is at this point. Like, they don't have to, like, tell us, make it so obvious. Like, they don't have to, like, show it to us over and over again. But that's the stuff I still, like, I caught on this time around. First time watching it, though, I don't, like, remember any of that stuff. Even the whole Tracy relationship with uh, the Kristen Stewarts character. It's not really cheesy, but it was pretty unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Tracy was a guitarist that he meets the second time he comes with uh, Jan and Rain- Rainy. Gotcha. And um, like, it, it totally didn't help the story in my opinion. It just happened to be another person that was, um, that was impacted I, by him. I thought I guess. It, it
0: weaved into the story this way. It, it, well, if it's based on his, if this is a true account, then it's fine to leave it in. Um, but I thought it weaved itself in this way. Catherine Keener's character Jan she's talking about the age in which she had her son, right? And
1: then... Oh, yeah, true. And it's the same age that uh, Tracy is is at, pretty much. Yeah,
0: and he becomes a little bit defensive of her. Like, she doesn't want to be with him. She needs to grow up a little bit, right? And Mm -hmm. he's, like, he's moving her towards, like, a platonic relationship instead of, like, like, the... You know, she's obviously attracted to him and he's like, kind of like, hey, cool it. Let's just be friends.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you're way too young. Yeah. All right. I think we're good, right, Fahad? I think so, too. Nothing really else to add? No. Did
0: you hear that? that they sang I, together? I thought that was really...
1: Key. That was pretty good. Yeah. Again, that's like one of those things where Chris's character as like this charismatic dude just played off really mm-hmm. well. Like he didn't just... I mean, he, he kind of just rejected her not too much before that. But he's like, hey, look, we're so cool, right? And then we'll do this. We'll play a song together. (laughs) All right, everyone, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks for listening to this production of the Twice Over. If you haven't already, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcast. And remember to support us on Patreon or by sharing the podcast with a friend. Feel free to contact us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at The twice over, or email us at comments at All of the music you heard is from Amerigo Gasway. Check him out on Bandcamp and Spotify.